Welcome to MackingCast episode 15. Hooray, we're climbing the numbers. And we're a podcast who talks about Mac games, related things, really like Mac, Mac, Apple, game tech adjacent things at this point. We've really branched out. Um, today, we're mostly going to be talking about Apple and all the new release, uh, new hardware, maybe a bit of software stuff, OS stuff. Uh, we may talk about GeForce Now and uh, we'll see what, else cro- see what else crops up. I'm John, as always, and with me is Ted. How you doing, Ted? Pretty good. I'm doing well. Awesome. Casper, hello. Hey there. Nice to be here. <laughs> Yay. And of course, the classy Sam. How are you this evening? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for showing up this Thursday, the 21st. So last podcast, we had some pre-chatter about Apple. Monday's come and gone a few days later. Uh, how are you guys feeling about the reveals, Casper? Uh, oh, I am so excited, honestly. I I was positively surprised about the laptops. I think that they came out better than I expected, and I didn't... I didn't exactly have low expectations, I think, but um, <laughs> I didn't, for for one thing, I really didn't expect that we'd get promotion this year. I thought that was going to be maybe next year or the year after or something. Um, but, you know, promotion came, uh, mini LED came. Uh, I was very happy about all of that. So, yeah, yeah I th- think it's it's looking out to be extremely, um, extremely nice. And I um, pre-ordered a... I say pre-order. I ordered, I guess, is the more correct term. It's five or six weeks out, so I guess... It feels like a pre-order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I ordered a 16-inch um, with um, the cut-down M1 Max, so the 24-core GPU mm-hmm. model. Right. And uh, 32 gigabytes of RAM, and I'm just counting down the days at this point. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Ted, did you peek at any of the Apple news? Oh, definitely looked at it. it. It's kind of exciting. I that would be <laughs> my only problem is I'm not really in the market right now, so um, I might just satisfy myself with one of the new iPad Pros. But we'll have to see what happens with that. <laughs> mm, nice, nice, Sam. How you feeling? Yeah, I I was really impressed. Um, similar to Casper, I had pretty high expectations, and Apple. Like ex- <laughs> on the chip front, I would say that they met expectations, but on the rest of the laptop, like the the chassis and the ports and the screen and everything, um, it just exceeded expectations. Really, really happy with the new MacBook Pros. Yeah, I'm also similar. I had modest to maybe approaching high expectations, but really, I thought I was thinking they would just upgrade. Um, you know, the cores. Like I expected a 16 core or something. Uh, I didn't think they'd actually jump all the way to 32 right now, so that's really neat. But the just got a total makeover. Um, we get MagSafe back. Now we have what three Thunderbolt four ports, an SD card reader, uh, a boosted headphone jack that detects auto detects. I forget what some sort of special headphones. Um, increased, you know, yeah, impedance. Thank you. Uh, 21 hour battery life on certain like 15 to 20 hour battery life, basically depending on what you're doing. That's really cool. Uh, no touch bar, which I never liked, so that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just like, oh, this is cool. Um, so I was at work that day, and I was like muddling around on my phone. We were ta- chatting about some of the stuff in uh, in text. Um, yes, yeah, so we've all pretty much all ordered some machines other than Ted, right? So Casper ordered the 24-core. I ordered just default 16-inch, uh, no upgrades. I was considering the same one as Casper, but... 
realized it would just be greedy, didn't need it. So I just went with a flat baseline one. Uh, Sam, what did you end up ordering? So I have ordered the like base base 14 inch. So that's the slightly cut down eight core CPU and the slightly cut down 14 core GPU. So we'll kind of have the full, I, other than the 32 core, we'll have everything. Uh, right. Yeah. System. We'll have a range to poke around with. Um, Sam and I are liable to get ours sooner rather than later, maybe in one or two weeks. Of course. Mine should be here on Tuesday, I think. Ooh, hopefully. okay. I delay. <laughs> yeah, I hemmed and hawed. I was going to order a higher one. If I just ordered a, a baseline one right away, it would have shown up next Tuesday. But now it's it's projecting that Tuesday to the following Tuesday, so I don't know the range. Um, we'll see. Casper being um, international uh, relative to the USA, uh, it's going to take you, what, five or six weeks to show up? Yeah, if I had bought a base model, it would have been just one week, it said on the store page. Oh, okay, um, okay. Configuration I went for said five to six weeks, so. I see, I see. Yeah, the custom, uh, same for me, customizing in the checkout jumped the time frame up to, I think, uh, December or something, even. No, late November, December, so I didn't really want to wait. And um, before, like, I'm not going to, you know, it was like three and a half grand to get like a a pimped out one, you know, like an M1 Max 32 core or whatever. That's exciting, but I have no need for it. IMAX, you know, desktops are my main machine. So I'm going to wait until they come out with, uh, you know, an upgraded iMac of some kind. Hopefully by then they do something like a 64 core or whatever that would, you know, next sometime next year. Um, but in terms of, you know, the gaming end, they didn't really highlight any games at all, I don't think, which is a little no, disappointing. The, the one thing that did happen was that there was a very, very tiny brief mention of games. Um, when they showed off the new MacBook Pros and the chips, they had someone talking about what you can do with the new chip, who was uh -huh. talking about um, throwing three-dimensional cubes around in a game edit to like push the limits of what the hardware right, can do. Like right, right. Benchmark thing. I think I and remember he seeing he mentioned that. like games for a nanosecond saying like, uh, it's going to be exciting to see what game developers can do with this period. Right. That was it. That was right. Yeah. Even, even at the original M1 reveal, they showcased, I think some kind of game stuff. Um, so it's a little mm -hmm. sad. Also, what's interesting is on Apple's website, when you go to the checkout page and you're looking at the upgrades and you can click on like, what's this or what do I need or whatever, um, in relation to like the GPU and Ram, in the past, they've always mentioned gaming in their blurbs. You know, it'll be faster video editing, audio editing, and for gaming. If I recall this time, I clicked through, they don't, there's no mention of games anymore. <laughs> so they seem to have really eliminated it, which is funny because they're really now better than ever for gaming. We don't have our hands on the machines. We can only rely on the benchmarks Apple has shown us in graphs. Um, there's been some benchmark testing by, um, who is it? Uh, shoot, I forget who. Is it in uh, Casper? You posted some links. Was it uh, Geekbench or something? Specific. That was just Geekbench. To, yeah. Right. But that's semi-anonymous user data that just gets uploaded. Sure. Right. So it's not reliable. But basically, um, the you know 16 cores, GPUs now in 16 gig RAM, we can roughly, in theory, it doubles the performance. Does that mean, say, a 20 or 30 FPS game magically jumps to a 40 to 60 FPS game? In some cases, maybe. In some cases, probably not. Um, but it, what's certainly true is that we were, we've were we been across the board, across the team, impressed with the M1s from last year. Um, so even the new baseline models with just a 16-core 
um, should be better because uh, the memory bandwidth is better. The hard drives are two to three times faster. The SSDs, the read speeds jump to 7.4 gigs or I forget what it is. Um, yeah, 7.4. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I mean, even my current iMac is only 2.8, which is fast. Mm-hmm. But that's like, oh, I'm thinking like, oh, how fast would that load like total war maps, which are notoriously long to load or something, yeah, when, you know. Um... When the PS5 and the Xbox Series X were announced, Sony and Microsoft made a big deal about the SSD speeds and how it would allow instant loading of uh, mm. game data into the game where you didn't... Well, you could do it so fast, essentially, that you wouldn't necessarily need to store the whole level in memory when you were walking around it. You could like stream things in live right, on the SSD. Right. And so part of that's already happening on last generation of consoles, but you know to a much greater extent. Um, yeah. So... It, it's kind of interesting to see if Max eventually, I mean, it, it isn't right now because the M1s exist, but if we eventually get to a point where that kind of SSD performance is baseline and expected, mm, that right. might also change when things get made. Yeah, um, absolutely. Another yeah. thing I just want to mention real quick is I think it's interesting that when Apple did mention games at the event, that brief mention I mentioned before, mentioned, mentioned. Um, yeah. They focused on the developer side of things, you know. It it wasn't here's what you can play. It was it's going to be interesting to see what game developers make with. So right. It felt almost more like they were saying the pro machine is for making the games, and the M1 customer devices is what the games will run on. But right. Yeah. There's no denying that the tech is super impressive. Even um, you know. PC Gamer wrote an article about it and they were, you know, impressed and they're like the enemy, <laughs> if you will. I mean, that's like not really <laughs> anymore. Like that war is kind of fizzled out. I feel long ago, generally speaking, um, I was all about it when I was younger, you know, Bill Gates <laughs> was the devil and, you know, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we still have the problem of, okay, great. We have, you know, fancy new machines up to 32 core, which is roughly equivalent to a, what, a um, 3080 mobile chip or something, right? It depends how you how you measure it, because Apple did admit that if you just do, like, look at the raw performance, they don't match the RTX 30. Right. But if you look at the RTX 3080 mobile in a power-constrained situation where you, like, unplug the lap right, right, uh, right. or something similar um, or thermally constrain it, then they can right. match and outperform it. So sure, I think yeah, raw performance wise, we're looking closer at a thirty seventy. Sure. Yeah, the raw performance. I've been battling online with people on forums, and um, <laughs> a lot of people, I, I think, kind of surprisingly, don't believe the chip is going to be as fast as it is. And obviously, we haven't seen real benchmarks yet. Hmm. But the the fact of the matter is, this is the same architecture as the M1 that came out. It's been on the market for a year. So you can... It's it's not like a big leap of faith to just be like, okay, we had 8 GPU cores, now we have 16 or 24 or 32. That's just a 2 or 3 or 4x jump in graphics performance. Because graphics scale pretty much perfectly. Um, it's not like CPUs where like if you gave me like a loaded Mac Pro with 30 cores, that that wouldn't really benefit me in any way because I have no workloads that can make use of that. Um, but graphics, the like GPUs have been highly like parallel processing for like for decades. So right. Um, so yeah, it's the same architecture as M1. It's not like an architecturally improved design from like a 
like that'll, that'll be the M2 or the M3 or whatever. Right, right. Um, so this is the same architecture, just with way more cores, faster memory. So it should perform like really, really well. And then to the point of the 3080, they slotted it in between Razer, I think it's the Blade 15 or 17, one of Razer's like thinner gaming laptops. And it, it was better than that because that was like a, a thermally constrained 3080, but it was hmm. worse than like a 3080 in the super thick, like two inch behemoth gaming laptop that obviously can give the chip all the heat and, uh, or I guess it doesn't give it heat. It can, it can cool it yeah. really well because it's like two inches thick and it has right, huge right. fans and all that. Sure. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Casper. Yeah. I just want to say that the last podcast, the one thing that did concern me was exactly the memory bandwidth issue because if you'd stuck with the same memory interface as the M1 or even taken the same memory interface but used LPDDR5, which they are using LPDDR5 now rather than LPDDR4X. I don't think you could even get close to feeding the memory requirements in terms of bandwidth of um, one of these 32-core monsters, right? But uh, fortunately, the Apple uh, was way ahead of me on that one. And, uh, <laughs> have like the widest memory interface I've ever seen on any chip that isn't like HBM or something like that. Well, the Max has, what, a 400... MB lim- uh, memory bandwidth or whatever. So Apple's numbers is 400 gig- gigabytes per second, but it's estimated that it's actually closer to 410 gigabytes per second at like 409 point hmm. something. Interesting. Oh, yeah. And the Pro, because um, now there's the M1, the M1 Pro, and the M1 Max. If anyone's like listening, hasn't parsed Apple's what they released on Monday. Um the regular M1 is still the regular M1 in the 13-inch Air, in the 13-inch Pro. There's now a 14-and-16-inch, um, you know, versions of the MacBook Pro, and they default to the M1 Pro, as far as I know. I don't think you can downward yep. scale it. Um, but you can... Can the 14s be upgraded to a Max or only the 16s? Uh, the 14s can be upgraded to a Max, but uh, I don't think it's going to run the Max at full speed. Um, mm. Because if you look at the specs for the computers, on the 16-inch, it actually gets a tiny bit heavier when you install a Max versus a Pro, mm. uh, which suggests a thicker heat, heat sink or bigger fans or something like right, that. Because right. it's not it's not just the, the silicon. That right. And it's not like a huge difference. There is a difference. And sure. the 14-inch stays the same way regardless if you put the Max or the oh, Pro in it. That's curious. So I think that might be a, a throttling thing or something. Interesting. Also, Apple has officially said there will be a high-power, high-performance mode in, in software for the 16-inch, which will ramp fans faster and uh, right. give you more sustained performance, they say. But that's not coming to the 14-inch. That's just for the 16-inch mm. with the Max only. Right. And the other difference is the Pro, the M1 Pro chip has a, what, 200 GB or giga, whatever that is, for the RAM, and the Max doubles it to 400. So even if you were to... um, What's interesting also I noticed is if you upgrade to the Max chip, because you go to the checkout, and if you just select the base model, like 16, go to checkout, it's like, oh, upgrade to a Max um, GPU for like plus $200 or whatever it is. But then it automatically forces you to have baseline 32 gigs of RAM, which then is like another 300 three to $400. So it's kind of interesting. Because um, mm-hmm. when I was clicking, I was like, wait, why did the price jump like five or 600 when it says, I was, like, I was confused for a moment because I was on my phone. <laughs> um, 
So that's also interesting. Does it go does it go all the way up to 64 if you want on the Max, I think? Yes. Um yeah. So you can get a pretty expensive machine like you know, um you know, should you like if you have the funds or you're looking for a new gaming laptop, um like what should you buy? I mean, really it depends what kind of games you're trying to play. That's really the answer what it comes down to. And also like what sort of level of future proofing are you after? say three, you know, a couple years down the road within the next three to five years. If you're trying to go long, you should probably spend some money on some upgrades. I mean, I guess unless you just stick to like Apple Arcade, well, then you don't even need any of these. Just get a get an M1 machine, not an M1 Pro, <laughs> unless you want the bigger screen or you have the funds and it doesn't matter. If it's just a matter of convenience, of course, buy a, buy a loaded computer. If you're on a budget, um, I think even the new 16 core models are quite strong um, between the extra cores, the the faster RAM in the M1 in the Pros, and the faster hard drive speeds. Um, you're going to see pretty subtle, like you can basically run any current game. You could run Metro Exodus, you could run Borderlands Three on there, you could run um, Baldur's Gate Three, which is still on early access but has a Mac version. Like um, I'm mentioning these games because on an M1 machine with only a seven core GPU, you can't actually run these games very well, like 20 FPS. 19 fps or something but with an upgraded m1 or a baseline pro you could definitely run these at like 30 maybe 40 fps or something what to speak of a 24 core 32 core you're probably looking more like that 45 to 60 range these are just i'm just spitballing estimates um but i've done a lot of testing on all these games both on intel and on m1 machines so i'm just like calculating (laughs) based on the increased performance um I was really tempted to just splurge for a 32 core, like pimped out max machine, but that would be such a waste of money because I'd literally only get it to like see what can run on it. (laughs) I have absolutely no reason to purchase it for any kind of work. I do some audio, video, web stuff, writing, gaming, this and that, but you know, the baseline is enough for all that. Um, And that's kind of the other thing. Yeah, go ahead. To be honest, when I picked the 24 core GPU max, part of it is also just a matter of curiosity. Um, yeah because i want i needed or slash once one slash need 32 gigabyte ram right so when i'm already at that point i thought it's i'm spending this much money mm. do i want to just spend that extra 150 uh, dollars i think it is right um to satisfy my curiosity and you know, I also get the higher memory bandwidth for the whole chip, and I'm also extremely curious to see how that might impact CPU tasks. So, mm. yeah, I just want. Yeah, if I could have just upgraded to the max CPU and not the RAM, I would have done that. But it forced it, and the overall cost was like, I I'm like one fifty two hundred dollars curious, but I'm not like five six hundred dollars curious basically. So I dropped it. Um, but different people on the team, Sam, you mentioned you might possibly get a 32 for a personal computer one day, 32 core one. Is that right? Uh, I would love to, but we'll see. Like future eventually, (laughs) maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to finish my basement right now. So that's stealing my extra money at the moment. Sure. Sure. Um, we'll see. I, I'm trying to hold off until maybe I was originally going to order like now. And the one I mentioned earlier that I ordered is, is for like a, a nonprofit that I, help with audio video but right. i can basically have free reign on that machine um <laughs> we'll see in january what my wallet is feeling whether it's a of base course. model or an upgraded one but right absolutely um so 
The M1 back a year ago when they released the M1 almost a year ago is in November, I think. Or actually, I think it was October. No, anyway, whatever, about a year. Um, the numbers seemed also kind of too good to be believed in all the Apple slides and all the graphs. And I think they've more or less lived up to be true as far as I know. So based on okay. that, yeah, pretty much. Obviously, it's not flawless 100%, but like close enough, give or take a little bit. Um, so with that in mind, and Apple has no particular reason to lie, although every company has a little incentive to obviously like present the absolute best numbers under the absolute best circumstances in their presentations. But um, based on last year's data, uh, you know, I think Apple's pretty good for their words. So similar to the M1, I'm excited for the baseline hardware being raised for Mac as a whole. Obviously not instantly because the M1 is still available. People, a lot of people will still buy those $1,000 whatever machines. But uh, a lot of people will pick up probably, I expect like the 14-inch default MacBook Pro to be like super popular, I imagine. Mm -hmm. Good size, great specs. Um, You know, we don't really like, do we even have a game, Mac game right now that could use a you know, 32 core, six, you know, a maxed out M1 Max machine. Probably not. Uh, I would say Borderlands 3 would probably stress it out the most. A, so well, one, yeah. You, you could make an argument that you could connect one of these things to a um, Pro Display XDR, try and run something uh, in 6K, and that could... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Because uh, Sam, last uh, podcast was... We, we all had our concerns and sort of about the M1 design that we had wanted to address. One of his was he wanted more monitor support. And I believe the M1 Pro chips now support two monitors, and the M1 Max is three to four. Yeah, I'll double-check it. They've, they've fixed all of... Or I shouldn't say, I mean, necessarily all, but a lot of those little annoyances. Hmm. The current limit is uh up to two 6k or up to three with the m1 max okay mm-hmm. so yeah they fixed mm-hmm. it. i think two's okay fine yeah so that's 9.99 percent of people yeah so, absolutely um, yeah and it's the one th- oh one thing i was going to note here um we've seen the like the geek bench benchmarks that have been leaked that we mentioned earlier um take them with a little bit of grain of salt i guess but there's really no reason to like doubt them at this point and and they just kind of correlate with what we would expect like the 24 core benchmark was leaked it's three times as high as the eight core m1 which and then 32 will probably be four times as high um right so the uh the performance seems to be pretty pretty in line there nice. and uh what else was i going to mention the performance I'm sorry, I'm totally blanking. Someone else. That's all right. Oh. No, no problem. <laughs> Just you can think about it. I'll have some. John, um, you have basically the same iMac as me, right? The i7 with the 5700 XT. Uh, the i9. I have the i9, 10 core i9. Okay. But otherwise, Ted, yeah. You, you had the same machine or what with iMac? Oh, I Ted. think I. Yeah, I think I do. I think I have the same one as you do, Casper. I am. Um, I ran some numbers based on the Geekbench data that came out. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at... So, again, I have the i7 model with the 10700K. Mm. And I'm looking at 30% faster single-threaded performance and nearly 40% faster multi-core on the, on the laptop, which is wild, I think. Um, that nice. draws so much less power than, than the iMac, right? 
Right. And then yeah. on the GPU front, compared to the 5700 XT, it's surprisingly close to being, you know, at the same level of performance. I think the Geekbench numbers for the are we talking about XT, a 24 in relation to like a 20 core, 24 core, or 32 core? What are you comparing the 5700 uh, okay, XT so, to? So it was the 24 core numbers that Sam noted, uh, but I extrapolated right. up to 32. Okay. Yep. Um, and it was 10% off. It was insane. Yeah, I, I I saw that somewhere. I don't know if it was an Apple graph or a Geekbench or something. I poked around Mac Rumors at IMG a little bit. I'm inside Mac Games forums. And I did see something like that. Like, oh, it's actually surprisingly close to 5700 XT. And I'm like, hmm. Um, so I find that very interesting. Um, what What I found is... Because, of course, between the unified memory, especially on like a Max chip, and the increased hard drive speeds, in some depending on the game, that could even match like that performance, um, depending on how the game's optimized or what it needs to load. The, yeah, I think it's going to be very dependent on the task specifically in question. Because, um, mm-hmm. Also looking at some other numbers, uh, the teraflops numbers, the floating point operations per second, that's we made the comparison to the RTX thirty eighty and uh, mobile chip before. Yeah. That's not even close. I think it's like half the floating point thirty two performance. Um, yeah, I mean, what that, to speak of a sixteen is significant. Yeah, a, de- a desktop like a desktop thirty eighty is like twice as good as the mobile one or something. I think mm-hmm. or something like that, fifty percent at least. So um, still, even though. The real comparison in the future to the desktop version of like an RTX 3080, of course, by then they may have something more, but um, will be when Apple releases, presumably sometime next year, maybe a year from now, um, you know, whatever iMacs or Mac Pros, that you know, whatever they're going to put in them, presumably right, at least a 64, maybe up to 128. Uh, Sam, what, what do you think? What was super here? interesting, though, was that in spite of the so, FP32 performance being... Again, substantially more than, than a 3080. Yeah. The texture sampling rate and the pixel fill rate, they were actually better than the 30 hmm. in, in the raw numbers. Interesting. So, I, I, yeah, I think it's going to be very task dependent and it's really going to depend how different game engines uh, utilize yeah, the hardware. Exa- exactly. That's what I'm feeling. Like, I'll, I'll, I before I ramble, Sam, you had some thoughts. Oh, I just wanted to mention the the teraflops and fill rates and stuff they're really hard to compare between different mm-hmm. architectures like one really good example of just where he can get in trouble is the vega 64 like amd's old high-end it has higher teraflops than the 5700 xt but the 5700 xt is a significantly faster card in like real world use um exactly i believe it's like 20 the vega 64 Someone will correct me on the numbers, I'm sure, if they listen to this. But it's about 20% faster on paper. But then in real world, the 3700 XT is about 20% faster. So, And then also on the numbers, I remember what I was going to say earlier. The CPU in the new laptop is um, basically the fastest CPU we've had in a Mac. It is only beaten by the 16-core and up CPUs that are in the iMac Pro or Mac Pros in terms of multi-core performance, and it's the fastest single-core performance in any Mac to date. 
Um, yep. And then if you compare it to Windows, or not, I guess not Windows per se, but like non-Mac CPUs that are available, it's it's faster than the desktop, like 11700K, which is like Intel's like almost top-end consumer CPU. And their best one, the 11900, it's it's loses slightly in single-thread, but actually beats it in multi-thread. Yeah, M1 Max. So it's right up there with like flagship desktop cpus for performance and it's doing that in like a i think it's 30 watts or 40 watts yep. like just the cpu itself um it's doing that at that really low tdp and, and obviously a laptop chassis so and then we mentioned the future iterations i don't know if we want to talk about that now or later but no it's fine yeah there's um i should bring it up here john syrah Kuza, probably pronouncing his name wrong. He basically leaked a like a, a block diagram of the CPUs like way back in May. So it was kind of like whatever. It's a rumor back in May. It was like 100 percent accurate for these M1 Pro and Max machines. And so what he rumored then is that the M1 is this, um, or sorry, the M1 Pro is is this Jade C. It's called the chop because it's chopped in half. And, and then there's the full Jade C die, which is the M1 Max. And then he also leaked, there's a there's a 2C, which is literally just two M1 Maxes put together. And there's also a 4C, which is just four M1 Maxes put together. So the 4C, I would assume, is only on the Mac Pro, the big $10,000 tower. Um, so that would theoretically put it at, what is that, 8 times 4, 32 performance cores and like 128 GPU cores. and um. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of performance, <laughs> but uh, right. also a lot of money. So don't expect that one in a laptop or a consumer Mac anytime soon. Right, but maybe the the double one, like a sixty four core or something, in a in an iMac, maybe like the a double one. I could see as maybe being a an option in like the highest end, like twenty seven right. or thirty inch. Sure, yeah. But I, and that's the rumors. That's that's the one I would splurge on whenever it comes out. Um, making my machine for a long time. Um, no, I'm no absolutely different back a little looping back to the, like under what conditions, um, will your hardware perform the Ram, the SSD, the CPU, the GPU. Um, I'm, I'm bringing up total war because I've played that very specifically. Uh, let's see total war Warhammer, but any of the recent total war games, um, which are all out for Mac, including total war three Warhammer also coming for Mac, probably in, January or February, because it got delayed. Um, the games seem incredibly SSD dependent. Like, I played it on a uh, non SSD iMac, an older one, and it took like, I think, two and a half minutes to load a level or something ridiculous, like a battle level. And then I tried it on an SSD machine and it loaded in like 30 to 40 seconds. <laughs> it's like, wow, what a difference. Um, I also noticed, interestingly enough, in that particular game, just changing the graphics from high to medium on an, even a non-SSD could increase load times at like a full minute or something. It was like, oh, like out on the regular map, I can run this on high on my older iMac, but it takes so darn long to load battles, I don't want to play a battle. Like, I'll just automate them, you know? So it's like, that was interesting. But um, I guess I, uh, what else? You know, yeah, our best games are sadly games from 2019, at least PC release dates. Borderlands 3, I think, technically didn't, get its Mac release to, like, early 2020. Um, Metro Exodus, of course, just hit earlier this year. But they are games from 2019. Um, 
I don't even know what we really have in the la- in that kind of two-year period. The only thing that comes to mind is Borderlands Metro and now Baldur's Gate 3. Um, but the guys at Larian who developed Baldur's Gate 3 and Divinity Original Sin, great RPG series, um, you know, they have Mac people on the team who specifically went out of their way to for make Baldur's Gate 3 available in early access for Mac and optimize it for M1, which is pretty rad. Um, but they, they have fans on their dev team. So it's like, that seems to be, uh, like we need more of that, like Mac fans on a dev team somewhere <laughs> to bring us, you know, uh, the games, you know, more, more on time or even in early access. Um, so, Absolutely. you know, like we have these cool new machines, I'll stop in a moment and even more cool machines in the future. Um, but I really hope by then, you know, it's not like, okay, we've got Total War 3. Let's go. Um, you know, we, we've talked before about um, maybe we'll see Dying Light 2 or Tiny Genius Wonderlands. It's Borderlands spinoff because they in-house ported Borderlands 3 to Mac. Um, so there's, there's some potential. Same for Dying Light. Got an in-house port to Mac. But that was like two years after the game release or something. At least a year and a half. It was a long wait. With any luck. If they do make ports, they won't be so long. Maybe they'll be incentivized by the fancy new hardware and one pros and one maxes and stuff. Um, who knows? But the potential is there. It's greater than ever before for the developers. Greater than well, not greater than ever before because you can still get like a high end in, like the IMAX we have. But it's getting close to exceeding wh- where the Intel's, where like the current crop of Intel high end Intel's can do in terms of like gaming performance close to matching it in next year it'll it'll, it'll exceed it i have no doubt so um i'm not trying to be a downer or anything i'm just thinking like i really want like more than i can the only game i would know for sure is total war warhammer 3 which would be very intensive and maybe Mm -hmm. some of those like tiny tina's you know wonderlands which would be rad but um we'll see we'll see what happens anyway that's all i have to say about that casper it it is possible though that that without any software support being added um, because of the M1 Max, right? It's same software support as the uh, regular M1, M1, of course. Right. But with virtualization technology, as it already is now, we possibly can do way more than we can do with the M1 because uh, it, let's say you run Windows through uh, Parallels or something like that to play your games. Mm-hmm. You have to dedicate a portion of your RAM to the virtual machine and a portion of your RAM to the Mac OS system. And that can be potentially limited on systems with, you know, just 8 or even 16 gigabytes. But if you have machines that can go all the way up to, you know, 32 or even 64, but probably not necessarily 64 or anything out there right now, um, that might open the door for feasibly virtualizing more Windows-only games uh, through Parallels or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. the software catalog that way. Yeah, I'm thinking, that's what I'm also thinking, and we've touched on this before in previous episodes. Um, uh, Andrew, I forget his name, Ty, I believe, yeah. Ty, Tizer, I forget his exact name. We had on an episode five to interview, he runs the YouTube channel. Oops, you might hear some background noise. Not for me. A train honked. <laughs> uh, that doesn't normally happen, so I can't. <laughs> that's really annoying. Um, he just put out a video. He's put out three or four videos on the new hardware, including, I think, a video entitled something like 100 games that run on M1 Pro or M1 Max or something. Included in there is a ton of stuff in crossover and parallels. 
Um, I think it's basically an updated list of a video he's done before, I imagine, anyway. Um, don't, but I don't want to shortchange it. Maybe it's a completely new list. Um, so, of course, there's some, you know, a bunch of games that run through Rosetta and this and that. Maybe the occasional native couple. There's a couple of native ports. Um, but even even the M1 hardware was quite impressive for crossover and parallels. Um, you could already run. I mean, we're using a 2015 game here, which are three, but it's like considered one of the best games of all time by, you know, gamerdom. Um, so it's still a fine example. And they're giving it a um, fancy facelift next year. They're like remaking the whole thing with like baseline RTX or something like that. Faster load times. Uh, that got delayed till 2022. It's supposed to be out this year. Um, but the M1 could already run like the Witcher 3. Um, yeah, my current iMac... Uh, I can also run, well, at least through Parallels, I didn't try Crossover. Uh, I can easily run The Witcher 3, but I have, like, a stupidly strong machine, so I could just, I can run it, like, ultra settings, ultra res, and it's just fine. It's happy. So that, but I'm basically brute forcing the problem with excess hardware. Um, so the more, the more curious thing is, like, how much of a boost will, say, these, um, non-native methods, which we've discussed before, um, it's actually one of our most, uh, viewed or listened to podcasts was episode eight native versus non-native gaming discussion was popular. So, you know, it's just uh what do you call it? A natural like supply and demand, right? The demand I think is there, but the supply of native Mac games has gone drastically down as we've discussed before in this podcast at length. So inadvertently people will just look other places. I still want to game on my Mac. I don't want to go install boot camp or whatever. And of course you can't boot camp on an M1 machine or a silicon machine. So naturally people will look elsewhere. So um Crossover is a really cool company, Code Weavers, sorry, Code Weavers, who makes Crossover. Um they said their uh version of uh crossover for Monterey, the new OS, is delayed. I don't know how long exactly. Um so there'll be some delay there. Um but there's already people, you know, Again, speaking also of Andrew, again, I think he has some videos on um, running even Windows 11 on an M1 uh, silicon machine and ARM. And, like, people are really digging into this. There's extensive posts on Reddit. There's various YouTube videos. Like, like hardcore dudes, maybe some gals, I don't know, have really gotten into this and figured out documentation and tutorials and what games run and how to tweak it. Um, you know, so it depends, like, how how badly do you want to play whatever gta 5 witcher 3 i mean I, we're not going to be able to like virtualize cyberpunk anytime soon 2077 it's too hefty i imagine um in the most cases we're virtualizing like roughly 2015 era games maybe up to 2018 or something i don't think we're successfully virtualizing any like triple a level i mean like 2020 2021 style game Indie titles, lower scale, less demanding titles, probably some stuff's being done. I think Devil May Cry 5 works pretty well now. Great series. Um, and of course, GeForce Now, which I've been a big proponent of on this show. Um, we had a whole section dedicated to it. I forget. Um, maybe the non-native um, episode 8, but we've it's come up more than once. Um, and speaking of them, they also just released a new... Um, a new package, which is pretty pricey. It won't be online until November. You can pre-order it now if you want. It's, I think, $99 for six months or 90 bucks if you're a founder member. Uh, it gives you exclusive access to RTX 3080 rigs, like, guaranteed. Right now, you get a variable range, even as a paid user of the service. You could end up with a 2080 or a 2060, or I forget what else is going on over there. 
Um, so what's interesting to me, though, is more than um, they're buffering. They promise up to 1440p over 1080p now, um, uh, up to 120 FPS from 60. So it's doubling. Uh, but most interesting to me is they're saying uh, it's some sort of latency reducing technology exclusive to that tier and saying it's a, basically no matter where you are, it's supposed to be 60 milliseconds or less. Like ping, basically, hmm. which is like usually what happens when you're in a multiplayer game. You don't have ping in single player games normally. But of course, since you're streaming it, you're essentially always in like a multiplayer style setting, even in a single player game. Um, I've been pretty pleased with the service overall, whether it's the free version or the paid. It's gone down a little bit in quality, I feel, though I think it's because more people are using the service and occasionally there's more lag or it's not as smooth. Sometimes when I've loaded up games, it looks so good, I can't even tell I'm using a streaming service. It's like, just crystal and other times it's like there's this faint not haze but almost just degradation of visual quality that's slight enough like to notice um so i did pay for it because i'm more curious than anything um to try it like how like how much better will all those things you know will it really support 1440p smoothie will that latent less like decreased latency be there basically will it just always look amazing they said something about um more control over persistent in-game settings which is i think it means things like maybe your mouse and keyboard controls or your graphical settings um because even now in the current paid service you're supposed to be able to go in and it's supposed to run at high settings basically but a number of games i've gone into it's actually running at lower medium for some reason and i'm like what's this nonsense so i just go into the settings and change it to higher ultra and then play the game <laughs> <laughs> and it seems to seems to remember um in many cases so um i guess you know i mean i'm just embracing it at this point because i have i don't i haven't actually installed boot camp on this imac even though I've intended to many times. It's just like I can't be bothered. I still have lots of stuff to play on my Mac side. My Mac, though I've decreased my catalog to like three games, like um, Dawn of War 3, uh, Disco Elysium, and like Untitled Goose Game. I think that's my backlog on Mac right now. <laughs> hmm. Those three games. Um, then I have like a long list of PC stuff. It's like, well, a bunch of this actually works in GeForce now. Some of it doesn't, though. All this streaming wars nonsense, you know, People don't want their games in certain platforms. Um, so, you know, is is that the future of Mac gaming? And I don't mean to turn it into that discussion, but what's true is that's going to continue being available, even if there is a resurgence in native Mac porting and titles, whether that's in-house devs or companies like Feral uh, and Aspire. I don't know if it's what Aspire is doing these days. We'll see if, for example, they release the uh, remastered Knights of the Old Republic for Mac. They've made no mention of it yet, but they certainly, like, it's not like the game wouldn't run, <laughs> even in, like, a remastered engine or something. Uh, we'll see. But, again, the hardware is really good. It's bound to have great performance right now in current games. It should be rather future-proof in general. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're someone like Ted, sorry, I haven't given you much to talk about because, you, you know... Your weight essentially you won't be buying any of these machines till the future. Um, but of course you're interested as a as a Mac fan and Mac user and stuff. Um, you know, my personal hope is that yeah, gaming just gets easier for everyone and there is more cross platform and there is more access and there isn't like you know, oh, you're over here in that corner, you're over here in this corner. And we see developers already making more strides with cross platform play and this and that. Yeah, what do you think, Ted? Uh 
Well, I, I just had one thought while you were talking about the GeForce Now thing. Do they mm-hmm. have a, um, a native a client for that on the Mac side, you know? They they do. Or M1 and, na- native, I meant. Ooh, that's an interesting question. That, no, uh, I already have the other one, but I just was wondering, you know, I know right, they I don't, don't have it for yeah. the iOS, so. Right. Uh, I don't know if it's native, but it does work on M1, the app. Yes, Sam. Um. It's, they don't have it on iOS because Apple's being really annoying about that. Apple has banned game streaming on iOS. Um, ah. GeForce Now, um, Stadia, uh, Amazon's, or whatever Amazon's Luna. is called. Luna, yes. Yeah. Um, but I will, I'm going to check right now um, if it has native M1 support. But the client's basically just like a glorified web browser. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just connecting to their servers. It's not really doing any processing. Right. Machine, really. Yeah. What's, what's interesting, like in this, um, this RT, uh, the RTX 3080 update for GeForce now, the, the one I was just talking about cost $99 for six months. They specifically talk about not only Mac, but also like M1 machines. Like, Hey, you got an M1. This is a great way to have a super powered rig and everything. I mean, it honestly is like for the money. Even at if you go for that thirty eighty tier, it's that'd be two hundred bucks a year. But even like over a five year period, that's like a thousand dollars. I mean, you don't. It's like leasing. Like, does leasing make sense for you? What game? Again, what kind of games do you want to play? Not everything's available on GeForce now. A lot of stuff is. Some notable things aren't. Um, but if you're happy with that selection, I recommend investing in it. Um, if you don't want to drop money on a higher end Mac or PC, let's say to the tune of at least 1500 bucks, but really more like two to three grand. Um, I mean, how many, let's like 20 years of GeForce now or something at their highest tier or whatever. My math is probably incorrect, but, um, so depending on your needs, it could make more sense to get a really cheap machine with a solid monitor or even a good external monitor and just stream. But some people don't have great internet. Some people have spotty internet. Some people don't like the idea that, your games are sort of somewhere else, not on your computer necessarily. Um, stuff like that. Like, I don't recommend Stadia at all, even though the qual- like the quality is good because I was a beta tester. Uh, the quality is, as in some cases, might even be better than GeForce Now, but you don't own any of the-, the games are within their own ecosystem. You can't take it outside of it. The saves or the progress, you have to buy them separately, even if you already own it. That's why GeForce Now is so nice. It uses your existing Steam library, uh, Epic library, or Ubisoft Connect library, or I guess now Origins library, depending on what's supported. Um, I still would rather lean into stuff like parallels or crossover when possible. Obviously, when possible, native Mac is superior. Um, Like, for example, I first was playing Metro Exodus on GeForce Now, coincidentally, and then randomly, I didn't know, they just announced the Mac version. As these things go, we don't really get like pre-announcements they tend to just release and it's like oh cool (laughs) we got this game um so then i switched from playing streaming to to native on my computer um and it was noticeably a bit sharper a bit smoother um in fact i think the loading times are even better which is interesting the optimization is actually pretty insane in metro exodus for mac it's like really really good yes sam uh, so I completed my digging. They don't say for the app if it's optimized, but you can also just use the browser. Like you don't even have to download the app if you don't want right. to. And like yeah. Chrome is optimized for M1, and Chrome's the browser they recommend. Uh, so. Apparently, you can also use it in Safari now, and one other I forget which. Safari works on I would assume Mac, and it works on iOS actually too. Right, iOS. Right, Casper, weren't you doing some like 
cyberpunk on an iPad streamy thingy? Yes. You did some weird yes. tests. Uh, I was testing it out for Ted because uh, he was talking <laughs> about doing an iPad gaming thing. Um, right. And right, right. you can, so the way they, they ask you to do it is you go to the website thing and it actually doesn't load the proper web app in the Safari application. Instead, it loads a page that tells you to add the Safari page to your home screen. And when you do that and you then load it up that way, it loads it up sort of like if it were a real app, but it is still a web app. It just doesn't have the Safari Chrome and all that because it's loading it from the home screen. So it kind of feels a little bit like a native app, even though it isn't. Uh, right. So right. It's, it's a nice implementation considering the constra constraints they have to work on. It. Right. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be tempted to do that, but um, as Sam was saying, Apple had banned it. I remember it kind of going on and off the store a few times even, probably when they were changing the rules, but yeah, now it's now it's not a thing. Um, yeah, I don't know why they they did that. Um, it seems like somebody at Apple doesn't understand really what these apps are, was my assumption, because <laughs> well, they're not a competitor at all to like Apple Arcade. Uh, they're right, games, uh, but they're like it's like cyberpunk versus like i don't know some random yeah. arcade game I mean, right yeah sorry were you gonna say something Ted? i was just gonna say why would you buy you know why would you play a streaming app if you could play it natively on your ios or on your mac but if there's something you can't buy you know you can't play then that's where it would come in so you're right it's not competition it extends the value of the mac device yeah uh I think, who is it? Sam, I think you posted a link. Was there a rumor Apple was considering launching their own streaming service? Oh, is that yes. a possible, possible Yes, angle? I did post that. Somebody, it seems like it's dead, but let me let me find that hmm. link. Um, right. Basically, Apple was considering yeah. launching their own cloud gaming service, and this was posted on Mac Rumors on the 18th, a few days ago. That's like the only possible reason I could think they would not allow others, because they want to eventually do something themselves. Yeah, so this it, rumor. Sorry, one sec, Casper. It it didn't seem like it went off the ground too much. Um, basically, it's just like there was internal discussions, and that was hmm. kind of the extent of the rumor. But uh, go ahead, Casper. If you look at the App Store guidelines, what they actually say is not really that they don't allow this outright because it's game streaming. The problem Apple has with the concept of streaming and kind of. A holistic way of course not netflix because netflix goes on a like different category they call it a reader because it's not interactive anyway they consider streaming of interactive content in that way to be something where they cannot vouch for the content that you're then streaming so apple uh... doesn't want you to be able to access for example pornography through the app store and if they allow some streaming service in there where they can't validate that there's not pornography accessible through that streaming service, then they've, uh, yeah, very in a bad situation they don't want to be in. I see, I see. Right. Yeah, I mean, and it also kind of ties into family um, parental control features in that sense, right? So I see. I that's actually that's really kind of the crutch of the argument. Uh, interesting. I don't I think, well, I haven't checked. Um, I don't know if GeForce Now even has any of those games. There's plenty adult games on Steam. They're everywhere. 
lots of them for the Mac, coincidentally, as well, <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, I have no idea if GeForce Now supports so I'm actually kind of curious to go and, like, punch in a few and see if they show up. Um, but part of the other issue there was um, back in beta, GeForce Now was doing a uh, experimental, like, uh, like basically custom session. You could just launch whatever service epics of steam back then they had a whole battle nets whole catalog on there uh all you know back when that was back when destiny was on there even um now it's moved over to steam um why was i bringing this up right because you could launch you just kind of launch a service and install anything so at that point you theoretically could yes install any game or i guess it didn't launch like a a PC interface, like say the streaming service Shadow, which just literally launches you into a PC desktop and you do whatever you want. You're still you constrained to your Steam or whatever. Yeah, probably. Or you obviously could play an adult game or something on Steam. That feature has been nixed, at least as of now. I don't know if they'll bring it back sometime down the road. Um, but I, anyway, obviously, corp, basically corporates, even if they're Apple, they never take their chances. They follow their strict guidelines. If, you know, <laughs> so... Yeah, they no chance yeah. of that happening. It's, they just it's, cut it. Yeah, I feel like it's still a little bit of a double standard though, because there's like there's like Reddit apps on the App Store. You right, that's true. On Reddit, <laughs> so um, won't say what exactly, but you can find pretty much anything there. So right. and, and Reddit apps are rated 18 plus on the App Store for, for that reason. Mm, so I see. They could I just see. slap an 18 plus rating on on a streaming app and uh, right call, call it a day, but they don't want to do that for some reason. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of when Steam was fighting this stuff. Um, they were censoring some games, kicking others off their store, and eventually they threw their hands up and said, you know what? Basically, release anything, play anything on Steam. Like, um, within reason anyway, no moderation. Um, I think someone released some weird, like, um, school shooter game nonsense on there, and it got pulled a day later or something. Like, they don't allow that. Um that's obviously really not just beyond bad taste. I don't know what the word for is. It. It's stupid. Yeah. Um, but as long as within reason, like they don't mind perversion, basically, <laughs> as long as it's not like, you know, like, you know, real life simulated horror, torture, murder, whatever, then it's like, obviously that's off limits. But beyond that, they seem to more or less be cool with anything. Cause there was a lot of controversy around even games like manhunt um, way back. And those are older games, and I can see why. I actually played part of Manhunt One in boot camp, I think, and it's pretty, pretty horrific. Even though the graphics weren't very good, it's just like so violent and gruesome and like unsettling with the animations. It's, it just kind of makes you, it just kind of makes you squirm. And I say that as someone who generally invo- enjoys like your average violent shooter or whatever. It's like this was just too, just like over the line, basically. Um, so I can see why like people got up in arms about it. Um, which is still funny because, like, the Hitman series, the literal murder simulator is, like, one of the most popular PC and console, like, whatever, games <laughs> in general. We've had a lot of the Hitmans on Mac, too, thanks to Feral. Um, uh-huh. Sam has posted an App Store rating. 17 plus. Yeah, that, that's our Reddit app. And obviously, listeners can't see our screens. But basically, mm-hmm. just say everything for the Reddit app, like infrequent, mild violence, humor, suggestive themes, drugs, alcohol, etc., <laughs> pornography, <laughs> fear, 
violence, unrestricted weapons. Profanity. Oh, I feel like the more interesting one, though, at the bottom of this photo that we're all looking at, Sam posted, is it's unrestricted web access. That's like the more like telling one, in my opinion, there. Yeah. Um, You know, it's kind of like that. um, It's like (laughs) games that are rated T for teen, um, which is a lot of games, but then they have a multiplayer component and then they say multiplayer not rated because <laughs> you don't know what people are going to say or do like say in a multiplayer setting like over voice or in text chat or something um so i always got a kick out of that it's like so you could give this game to your teenager but then you hook it up to a multiplayer game and suddenly who knows yeah um i have come across that before myself um not being the kid but Suddenly there's a kid in like, I don't know what games, basically M-rated games. I can't think of them right now. Um, like on voice chat. Um, some Call of Duties, I guess. Um, what was it? Oh my God, I can't think of the name. Insurgency, another more like Milsim shooter. Um, and suddenly there's a kid and people are like, I don't swear there's a kid here. It's like, what? what's a kid doing in this 18 plus game? Get out of here. <laughs> but sometimes people also adjust and everyone's like, Stop the profanity, guys. And everyone, like, actually, like, polite and, you know, mm-hmm. tries to accommodate for the kid being there or whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sam, did you have, looping back, we're kind of rambling at this point about games, we being me. You have some more thoughts on <laughs> Mac yeah, stuff? I just, I realized we forgot to really talk in depth about, like, the non-chip related things with the new MacBook. So, like, we mentioned mm. a little bit, they, but... um Maybe I'll just run through them all and then we can. Yeah, please. Absolutely. That'd be great. So like the non, like obviously the chips are great, but ignoring the chips, um, brand new, like body and design, uh, first redesign since 2016, um, mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of the old, like titanium, uh, like G4, they were called yeah, yeah. power books back then. And like the iBooks and stuff, the, the way the design looks, um, we have ports coming back. So we have HDMI 2.0 SD card and then, um, Thunderbolt fours. Um, the screen, as Casper was talking about last episode, the screen's mini LED, um, thousand nits sustained, I think 1600 nits peak. And then I did notice today on Mac rumors, it is only 500 nits for SDR. Um, that's what they limit it to. Um, it's thicker and heavier than the, the MacBook Pros that it's replacing. So I think that's a good thing. It's a pro machine. Um, make it be a little, a little more pro in terms of the cooling and, and battery life and stuff like that. Um, we mentioned the battery life earlier, but the 14 inch is, uh, oh, I should have had this up already. 17 hours for like a video playback. And then I believe the 16 inches, 21 hours. Yep. So a lot of hours. Yeah. Less hours, obviously, if you're doing like real work and not just watching. Yeah. They say like 14 to 15 for like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, space gray and silver. And then yes, what do you guys think about the new non-chip elements? Well, there, there's there's an <laughs> elephant in the room here uh, because everybody is going mental as there's a notch. Oh yes, the notch. I forgot to mention that. The notch. Oh, I, I missed that. What is it? Well, the, it's, like it's a, literally the notch the like on, on an iPhone. Oh, right. The camera yeah. cutout at the top. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. true. I guess with that, the uh, camera was upgraded to 1080p finally, which doesn't sound like a lot, but for Mac webcam standards, that's actually a pretty big upgrade. Um, also, um, new speakers and microphones again. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I was impressed. Well, of course, I haven't heard them, but by the presentation, it's supposed to be, I think, uh, six speakers now and even simulating like spatter audio. And well, they didn't use the word simulating, but I can't imagine how it isn't because it's, it's, it's not like the speakers are around you. But it says it supports spatial audio, which at the moment, in terms of like Apple specific services, I know their Apple Music service supports, but even then only certain songs are done for it. I did a... Um, I did a test of that because I have some uh, AirPod Pros, which do support spatial audio. And I just out of curiosity, I tried it. And it, it's cool. It is really cool for the music. And I've tried that before in headsets. Um, these technically support them, the Astros. And if you go and find the right like downloaded movie codec or music, you can actually get it. And it's super cool, but it's a lot of work. Um, you so pronounce I don't know. that word very differently than I've ever heard. Of spatial, isn't yes. it? Spatial. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm probably no, wrong. It's okay. I, I wasn't sure if it was like spatial. a local dialect way to pronounce it. I actually have no <laughs> idea. It could just be horribly wrong. I'm usually good with vocabulary, but that one, spatial, I think you're, I believe I'm wrong. Someone's corrected me on that, just not in like years, because I never really use the word. I, like, I just don't. Um, yeah, spatial, spatial, spatial. <laughs> I tend to think of it as just uh, surround sound, basically. Or, I, they or did virtualized have... surround sound. They had some, like, I, I thought it was a little bit cringe when they demoed it. Like, MacBook speakers are really good. Like, probably the best in the industry. But they were, like, a theater-like experience. Yeah. Like, well, I'm watching yeah, a movie on yeah. a laptop. I don't think it's quite <laughs> yeah, movie theater. It was a little right? cringe, and they had, like, um, whatever, like, graphics drawn of the sound, like, surrounding this person laying on their bed watching a movie or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. If anything, if, like, if I had to point to one thing, they've probably over, uh, like, oversold or hyped, so to speak. It's probably the speakers. Um, but nonetheless, more speakers, better quality sound, most likely, you know, they're not going to match, like, real speakers you might buy or, you know, obviously... Um, the audio scene is enormous and you can spend, you know, thousands of dollars even on a pair of speakers or headphones or whatever. Um, or maybe many thousands, depending if you're a true, what do they call it? Audiophile. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, again, better baseline stuff. Can we complain? No, it better, you know, better baseline stuff is great. Um, so I'm happy about that. Sharper screen, brighter screen. Um, the ports I'm really happy about because it's the MagSafe, which is great, plus three ports. It did really annoy me on the uh, M1 Air. There was only two ports, one of them being the power plug. So it's like using it with the power, you have one port. It's like I ran into some trouble there where I needed two. So then you're like on battery for a bit, which is fine. But anyway, it's a hassle. Three ports is great on the 14s. And I believe are the ports exactly the same on both 14, 16. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't really have a use for an SD card reader personally, but tons of people do you know, pro photographers, videographers, or just even casual users who want to load up photos and stuff. Like, so that's just a good thing. Also, you can, um, as we also predicted, I think, but you can charge the USB-C port still, even though you have Mac. That's nice. Uh, that is cool. Interesting. Another um, nice little MagSafe, yeah. <clears throat> a little MagSafe tidbit is that the cord is detachable. So... Oh. It's just like the USB C block with the make like USB C on one end and MagSafe oh. on the other. So if you your dog chews your MagSafe cable or whatever, you can just buy a new cord. You don't have to buy a whole new charger, which is nice. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> good. From experience that's there on the dogs chewing on cables. Well, the old ones, I have an experience with the dog chewing, but I like I don't know, gets like slammed in a door or like torn somehow. And the old one had to buy a new hundred dollar charger. Like the Oof. old, like 2015 and earlier makes. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's funny. Yeah. It's funny. In my buddy's case, uh, his rabbit, he has a pet rabbit 
with him and his wife, and it chewed like everything. It chewed their modem cords. It chewed his mouse cord. It chewed his uh, headphones. It chewed his yeah. He has a Mac. It chewed everything, and they eventually had to like contain the rabbit in a big like rabbit house cage thing because it was just literally eating like every cable in their apartment. <laughs> First, you know, they were trying whatever tape and this and that. Anyway, it didn't work. But so it's not just dogs. Got to watch out for rabbits, apparently too. Maybe certain cats. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's it mostly. Um, it's just lots of upgrades all around. Also, if you're environmentally conscious, I believe it's now hundred percent recycled material, uh, the new 14 and 16 inch, um, uh, not literally every component, but the, the body or chassis or whatever, I believe. Um, so that's cool too. I don't know what, what do percentage just... it was before that, but. No, me neither. Um, what do you guys think of? the notch though because i personally think that it's been implemented pretty much the best way it possibly could there's even like compatibility modes so when you take apps into full screen that don't really know how to deal with it it can just do a black bar across and pretend it's not there right and the one thing i think could be well the one thing i feel like might be annoying i haven't tried it yet is that the mouse cursor can actually go behind the notch i feel like that's kind (laughs) of janky but i don't know Mm. That is a little janky. Um, I get used to it, you know, because I do have an iPhone, specifically, you know, an XR. Um, you know, and yeah, there's a, there's a little notch. Um, so I'm kind of used to blocking it out every now and then. I actually, like, notice it. It kind of startles me, like, oh, there's this annoying thing in my my vision. Um, I guess I don't know how I'd feel about it on, uh, I, you know, Sam and I will find out in a week or two. Well, Sam probably sooner than me. Um, like, how much do you notice it? Obviously, when you're just sitting there looking at it, you'll notice it. But when you're just <laughs> using the machine to do whatever you do, like, will you just zone it? Will it just kind of fade away is what I mean, you know? Um, it doesn't bother me at all. <clears throat> like, I, I don't even notice the notch on my phone. Um, I think it's one of those things, the notch and the HDMI port only being 2.0 instead of 2.1. People decided were two horrible acts of injustice that Apple has performed. But like <laughs> HDMI 2.1, I, I don't know how many people are hooking up to 4K 120 hertz displays on a regular basis that they don't right. have DisplayPort for because normally you use DisplayPort over the Thunderbolt ports. So it really is right. just like 2.0 is fine. It does 4K 60 hertz. Um, and then for everything else, you would use Thunderbolt 4. Um, and the notch, I don't know. I don't care. I think it's worth noting with respect to the notch that the display has gotten taller. So mm-hmm. you're not really losing any screen real estate. You're actually mm-hmm. just gaining extra menu bar space. So the menu bar just <laughs> gets pushed up, right? And the content <laughs> there is like kind of taller in that sense. Yes. Right. They preserved so it's a sixteen by ten aspect ratio below the notch. So exactly. everything above mm-hmm. the notch is like above sixteen ten. Um, if that mm. makes sense, I don't know my wording's great there, but yeah. you can you can hide the notch in full screen mode, um, and you still have a full sixteen by ten aspect ratio. Right. Or if right. you don't go full screen, you essentially have a full screen plus menu. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think it'll bug me when I'm just sitting there staring at it, but as soon as I start writing, coding, gaming, whatever, I'll, well, of course, if you're gaming in full screen, but for some weird reason, you're gaming in windowed mode. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, uh, it shouldn't be too much of an issue, but of course some people it will, because it is a new thing. It does look a little odd on its own, 
but in actual use, it probably won't really matter too much, I imagine. I thought it was a little bit funny how Apple sort of sounded like they weren't too happy about it, like indirectly, because like they're like, oh, and like here's the new display, and it looks great in dark mode, and dark mode hides the notch, and, uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. So, and in all their marketing, well, yeah, yeah. it's always a black. Yeah, I mean, I would prefer it's not there, but it's not going to prevent me from yeah, like using the machine or anything like that. Um, yeah, speaking of display stuff, going back, Casper mentioned this way earlier in relation to me saying oh we don't really have like games to test maybe on this higher end hardware well that could be a way to like stress test your machine hook up a really nice display external display and you know crank a game at whatever 4k 5k something um and you know because that really strains your hardware jumping i mean like i can run pretty much anything at 1440p um 2460 by whatever that is 14 something um 2560 by 1440 i think on i think just about any game other than borderlands 3 ha 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 that's not true i actually run borderlands 3 at like 4k but i have 50 percent draw the render resolution it's it's super weird optimization on the game for my computer anyway so i'm running it like super max but then actually in half res so it is really late anyway it ends up being actually like 1080 or 1440 or whatever um so that would be a way, but if, you know, of course, you've already. This is the thing. Like, have you already played through all these kinds of games? Are you expecting, you know, unlike a console market or the PC market, you're not going to grab a new computer and be like, oh, next month or two, I'm going to play X big new release, like on my machine or my console. We don't really have that, unfortunately. We there's a time we did. We don't right now. You will have to turn to those like alternative methods we've talked about, streaming or crossover parallels or whatever. Um, but I still think it would be pretty cool, um, to see, yeah, how, like what kind of like 4k or whatever plus gaming some of these machines could do, um, unlike a Metro Exodus or Borderlands or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, within the, the, the displays are increased resolution on both the 14s and the 16s. Um, Sam was just saying, uh, what 16 inch MacBook pro native resolution of 3024 by 1694. I don't even know. What like P rating that is exactly? <laughs> it's like it's it's higher than well it's it's higher than fourteen forty P in terms of pixel count. So yeah, it's probably like halfway between fourteen forty P and four K. So yeah, something like that. Even like a really high end, like the thirty two core is going to be. Uh, that's true. It would best out at that resolution. Yeah, it's you yeah, like it's higher like, ultra settings, but that's yeah it's one of the quickest ways to stress your machine is just jack the resolution <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but with the higher pixel density displays uh, we may actually probably going to return to era of uh, retina resolution being at 2x um so for a long time now on the 16 inch and i also think on the 13 inch but i'm not entirely sure the render resolution of the UI has been some non-integer scaling factor. So the resolution is like 1.75 times scale or something like that. Uh, essentially, if you go into the scale path, resolution, you can pick more content, yeah. more te bigger text, something like that. I forget mm -hmm. the naming. Yeah. Um, and it's essentially run at a scaling factor where it's not uh, pixel double things exact. So it had to do like interpolation of how things look between the pixels right and and with the higher resolution we're probably going back to literal pixel doubling 
which will make things even sharper, not just accounting for increased resolution, but also in how things are actually rendered on those pixels. Hmm. Nice. They actually confirmed that the default is pixel doubled out of the box. You can obviously change it if you want, but it is the default. Cool. Yeah, so whatever games are running on the new 14 or 16-inch MPPs should look pretty sharp. Uh, or even if you're not, even if you're using the streaming service or whatever, just generally everything should look swanky. Um, of course, they're targeting, you know, the audio video pros first. That's what was all their marketing and presentation was about. And that's a huge Mac market, obviously, the main Mac market, I guess, um, kind of forever, relatively speaking. Um, but yeah, you know, what developers will take advantage of it? We'll have to wait and see. But right now it's still exciting. New hardware is good. Uh, runs existing stuff better. And it'll run new games better whenever they show up. <laughs> or if you have a work purpose as well, well, that's even better because then you can use it for work and play. It's easier to swallow the cost of a pricey machine when you can use it for multi more than one purpose. Um, yep. And uh, that's it for me pretty much on the new Apple stuff. It's cool. We've three out of four of us have machines on the way. Um, we'll have some future chatter about that as they arrive. Try to do some testing or if, as, of course, testing shows up in the greater Internet. And, and uh, official or, you know, users and whatever results. Um, I'll certainly post a couple things to the YouTube channel. Macking this video. Haven't done anything in a bit, but we'll put out some more there. Um, you know, channels like Mr. Mac Ray. I know he ordered, I think, two computers for this purpose, just literally to test games. We have people like Andy, you know, Andrew. Uh, what is it? Andy, Andy Tizer, I think, is his YouTube. He's putting out content already. Um, there's probably some other people I'm sure that I don't know about, but those are like kind of the main ones in the gaming space these days, Mac gaming space anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, keep your, keep your eyes and ears out for that stuff. We'll talk about it here. We'll reference it in other places as, as we can, or as it's interesting. Um, and that's about it. Anything else on your minds about this, gents? Nope. No, no. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still, you know, new hardware is always fun, um, but this is special. This feels like a once in a lot, like a long, yeah, long time makeover. I think you mentioned, Sam, it was 2015 or 16 was like kind of the last major update in that sense. So long time coming feels really cool for all laptop users uh, for the desktop holdouts um, sometime next year. They're sure to show up, maybe not till October, but sometimes they do things like middle of the year. Or even in spring, spring or summer, some sometimes. Um, so we'll check that out then. And that's about it. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, gents. And have a good evening yep. or morning for Casper. <laughs> All right. See you later, everybody. Yeah. All, right. All right, gents. I think that'll wrap up our podcast. We covered a lot about Silicon. What were we talking about before? Apple history. Kind of bash them a little bit, but that's okay. We love them. That wraps it up. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks always to Sam and Casper for being here. You guys are awesome. Really love the tech stuff at the end, by the way. All those extra details. I like. I have like a very service-level understanding of some of this stuff, or in some cases, not at all. So I really enjoy hearing you guys either talk about it or answer my questions. I appreciate that. All right. See you later, everybody. Yeah. Cheers. A big thank you to Kevin McLeod for the intro and outro music. Be sure to check out his library on the web. You can find more episodes of our show on our website, macgamecast.com, or in all major podcast directories. 
If you enjoy the show, please consider commenting, following, or sharing. Thanks again for listening, and see you next time. A big thank you to Kevin McLeod for the intro and outro music. Be sure to check out his library on the web. You can find more episodes of our show on our website, macgamecast.com, or in all major podcast directories. If you enjoy the show, please consider commenting, following, or sharing. Thanks again for listening, and see you next time.